Uh, well, good morning again. Uh, I'm excited uh, to get to preach this morning. Um, it's an exciting time of year. I think we're kind of at the point where we can officially say that summer has arrived. Uh, kids are getting out of school. You know, vacation plans are on the horizon. It's not quite warm enough to go to the beach, but we're getting there. And for our family, like many of you, this is just one of the best times of the year. Uh, this is a time uh, to relax, time to be together, time to travel, uh, visit some amazing places, do some really fun activities. Uh, in fact, today, right after second service, as soon as I'm done preaching, I'm going to rush out of here, go home, uh, load up our minivan for a three-day camping trip in Mammoth. We're going to be fishing, hiking, spending time outdoors. Uh, later this summer, we're going to Idaho to visit uh, Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Park with Alyssa's family, and I can't wait for that. And of course, even when we're not traveling, there's just lots of fun summer activities, right? Going to the beach, going swimming, eating ice cream, riding bikes, watching movies, all of that good stuff. And I imagine for many of you, or probably most of you, summer looks at least something like this. Summer is a time to enjoy, to relax, to travel, to do lots of fun things. And obviously, in one sense, it can be a little bit busy can be a little bit overwhelming, maybe thinking about you know, having the kids home all day, all the time, for those of you with little ones. Uh, but in general, it's an exciting time of year. And there's a question, I think, in this that can be easy to miss. Uh, in the excitement and maybe the slight chaos of summer, we sometimes don't even think to ask ourselves this very basic question of where does God fit in to all of this? To all the stuff I just talked about, all as we think ahead to summer plans and activities, as we're looking forward to all the fun stuff we're going to do, how much do we connect those things with our relationship with God and faith? And some of you might not particularly want to think that question. You might be thinking like, oh, come on, man, can't we just enjoy summer without making it all spiritual and, and serious? And I promise I'm not going to give you like a summer homework assignment or, or add any burden to your summer. But I bring up that question because I think there is an opportunity in this time of year. I think God wants to speak into all of this, into the fun and relaxation and travel God wants in, and he wants to make those things better, and he wants to use them to produce fruit and growth in our lives. And so with that opportunity in mind, we're beginning a new series this morning that's built on one simple idea— that this really is a season for worship. This is a time of year when I think worship really probably should come most naturally to us. It kind of flows out of what we're doing, and it should be probably easier than any other time of year. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously, we want to worship and grow as worshipers all the time. But what better time to experience joy and gratitude in God, what better time to meet with him during these, than during these moments of blessing and fun and, and, and time that we have. And so in this series, we're going to be trying something uh, a little bit different. I'm excited about it. I'm a little bit anxious about it. But we're calling this series the Summer Playlist. And uh, the thrust of the series is, is really simple. Is what we want for you, what our prayer for you this summer, is that you would immerse yourself in times of worship, in worship music, in new worship songs, and we wanted to do whatever possible to create a context for this to happen. 
And so we created uh, a worship playlist for you to listen to. This is a collection of uh, newer worship songs that we haven't sung together in church yet. A lot of these you might be familiar with. A lot of these you might know if you kind of listen to music on your own. Uh, But we're excited about this playlist because we think there's a lot of good songs in here. And what we're going to do each week is that we're going to talk about, we're going to preach on one of the songs from the playlist. We'll sing it together uh, as in worship, and then we'll talk about it in the sermon, uh, explain the biblical truth behind the song. And really, our purpose in this series is twofold. We hope two things happen as a result of this series. First, and obviously, we, we want to grow as worshipers. Uh, we're not introducing songs just for the sake of learning new songs. The songs are not the point, but we want these songs to be a launching pad for a larger discussion about what worship is, what makes worship good, what makes uh, our worship meaningful. But even more important than that, perhaps, is we want you to really take this playlist with you. And the reason we made it this way is so that you could Put it on your phone, you can put it on your devices, and you can listen to it as you travel, as you relax, even just in the normal mundane parts of summer and life and work and time at home. And my hope is that this doesn't feel like a gimmick, like just kind of a light summary thing to do just for the sake of doing. But I really do think that something as simple as a worship playlist can genuinely impact your experience this summer. And I don't know if this is just me, but, but I have so many different playlists on my phone. Uh, they're a weirdly important part of my life. And I have basically like a playlist for almost every conceivable situation. So I have like four to five running playlists. One of them has a bunch of worship songs. One of them has like kind of alternative and punk rock music. One of them has my favorite songs from the 90s, like Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins and Oasis. Like, and all just kind of different stuff that I like to listen to. I've got playlists for when we're hanging out with friends. Uh, I have a playlist that I put on when our family is cleaning the house, and we listen to that playlist. And the point is that each of these has a purpose, right? The songs on the playlist kind of create a different mood. They give me energy when I'm on a run. They help create a nice atmosphere for conversation. Or they add a little fun when we're washing dishes and picking up toys. And the goal for this summer playlist quite simply, is just to create space for you to worship, to give you an opportunity this summer to be intentional as you're doing all the things you're doing, traveling, relaxing, spending time with family. And I hope this, again, is is very practical uh, for you. I know a lot of times we can struggle with uh, applying God's word, bringing God and faith into real life, You know, we hear a message, we want to do something about it, but we're not sure what to do, and then we forget about it. Uh, What's going to be cool about this series is it doesn't do all the work for you, but if you want to get started, all you have to do is press play. So uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope it's both fun and meaningful, and I hope it's something that impacts your summer. So let's go ahead and dive into our first song. We're going to talk a little bit more. I'll explain a little more about the playlist at the end of the message. But I want to go ahead and jump into our first song of the series. As I said, each week we'll preach on one different song. And today we're going to be talking about uh, the song 1,000 Names by Phil Wickham. And hopefully that sounds familiar to you because we just sang it two minutes ago. If you've forgotten it already, that's not a great sign. But that's okay. We'll work on it. 
Oh, but this is a really cool song. This is a powerful song. And what I like about it, especially for today, is that it is a perfect starting point for this series because I think it really captures the spirit of what we hope happens uh, this summer. Uh, so before we get into the song, we're going to start with Scripture. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Psalm 145. Uh, we're going to look at kind of a, a biblical foundation for this song, and then we'll kind of get into the specifics of the song after that. But this is a psalm of praise written by King David, and we'll go ahead and read uh, just the first seven verses. So David writes, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Now, there's a lot of good stuff here, and, and in the rest of the psalm, uh, we see kind of the spirit of joyful praise and exaltation. There's this invitation to meditate on who God is and what he's done. But I really want to focus today on one verse in particular. And this is actually probably my favorite verse in all of Scripture on worship, even though it's, it's pretty simple. And this is verse 3. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Now again, I, I love how beautifully simple this verse is, but I think there is more to it than meets the eye. On the most basic level, this is a reminder of, of just kind of the, the core of what worship is, that genuine worship is a response to God's greatness, right? To who he is, to what he's done. God is worthy of our praise, our singing, our standing, our clapping, our devotion, because he is really that great. And in fact, the rest of Psalm 145, if you have a chance to read it later, this is kind of King David's attempt to capture just a glimpse of God's greatness. And he talks about his love, his power, his compassion, his faithfulness. Yet at the same time, there's more to it than just that. See, David acknowledges something here that I think is really important. That ultimately, his words fall short. His understanding falls short. What he says is that God's greatness is unfathomable. It's unsearchable. It goes beyond our comprehension. And his point is this, that God is so great, so mighty, so loving, so compassionate, so faithful, that we can never, with our limited, finite minds, truly understand just how great he is. And so there is always work to do in understanding God's greatness. Put another way, there is always work to do in our role as worshipers. Our ability to worship God is constantly growing and being expanded as we peer deeper and deeper into this unfathomable character of God. I think in some ways this reminds me a little bit of the way a lot of us feel about food. And one of the things I love about this church is how much we love to eat. And for those of us who do love to eat, one of the things that we love about food is the fact that it kind of never gets old. Right? So on one hand, 
I eat the same lunch every day, and I love it. I have a turkey sandwich with pepperoni, turkey pepperoni, and avocado, no mayo, because mayo is disgusting. I judge all you mayo eaters. I have the sandwich, I have a small bag of Cheez-Its, and a Coke Zero. And I look forward to that lunch every day. I'm excited to eat it. I can't wait for it. And so, you know, we can appreciate one thing in new ways day after day. But on the other hand, right, food is all about exploration, about trying something new, right? Falling in love with a new dish or, or trying a new IPA, learning to cook something you couldn't cook before or discovering a new restaurant, trying 10 different kinds of chili at a chili cook-off. These things are all a lot of fun. And in many ways, you know, when we think about food, it, it kind of feels like this love, this, this experience of food could be unfathomable. But when you really think about it, right, eventually, with enough time, you could eat everything, you could try everything, you could get tired and bored of almost any kind of food. What King David tells us is that isn't the case with God. There is no end, there is no bottom to the well of God's greatness, even with a million lifetimes you could never fully glimpse God's glory. He is just that great. Now, that might sound kind of obvious, but I think it's easy to forget. It's easy to lose sight of this in the routine of, of doing worship, right? Like coming and singing songs, two songs at the beginning of service, two songs at the end, you know, listening to worship music on our phones and our, our free time. You know, all these things are good, all these things matter, but when we consider the act of worship as a never-ending pursuit of God's greatness, we realize that every act of worship has such deep significance. In his book, True Worshippers, uh, author Bob Coughlin says this, There are no normal Sundays, just fresh opportunities to behold the glory of the Lord. I think this is such an amazing idea. It's a reminder of the importance and the privilege of worship. That every time we meet, 52 Sundays a year, it is something really special because we get to take, if we choose to, one step further into God's greatness. But I think I would want to expand that quote even further, right? Because worship goes beyond just 52 Sundays a year. Worship goes far beyond what we do here. And so the real point is, that every single moment is a fresh opportunity to behold God's glory. In every season of life, there is more to understand about God's worthiness, his awesomeness, his greatness. And one of life's great joys, one of life's great privileges, ought to be pursuing it. Like, living like we believe that, you know, if I went out today after church, if I, if I said, I'm going to spend my afternoon just trying to discover something new about God's greatness. I'm going to intentionally look for it in my life, in the world around me, in Scripture. I'm going to focus on finding something new about God's greatness that we would actually find it, that there would be a guarantee that we would glimpse something new about God. And this is kind of this, this tension that we see in Psalm 145, that God's greatness is unfathomable. We, we can't ever fully understand it. But at the same time, 
It is right in front of us, ready to be glimpsed, ready to be seen if we have this perspective of opportunity when we worship. And so in our first song in the playlist, A Thousand Names, we kind of come across this truth. The whole idea of the song is that we could know God by a thousand names and that there are a million reasons for worship. Here's the chorus from that song. I know you by a thousand names and you deserve every single one. You've given me a million ways to be amazed at what you've done and I am lost in wonder at all you do. I know you by a thousand names and I'll sing them back to you. Saying the reason that we sing, the reason why we praise is because there is this inexhaustible quality to who God is and what he's done. Right? So we could call God at any moment by any one of these names and understand something new and amazing about who he is. Maker, healer, bondage breaker, rock of ages, lion of Judah, beginning and the end, king forever, to name just a few. And there are a million ways, a million reasons to be amazed at him. His love, his grace, his patience, his redemption. And what Phil is getting at here is the truth of Psalm 145, that we really can't fathom his greatness. If I had any, like, complaint about this song, it's that these numbers actually sell the biblical truth short a little bit, right? A thousand names really is the tip of the iceberg of God's infinitely great character. And a million ways is just the starting point of knowing how good God is, how much he's loved us and blessed us and provided for us. And that's just a nitpick because this is figurative language. The point of the song is clear. At the heart of worship is this pursuit of more. This responsibility we have to seek God, to to know him, to find out more of what he's like. Every day, every moment, let's find one new name, one more reason to worship. One of the phrases that I really love in this song is uh, the beginning of the, cor- or the second part of the chorus. He says, I am lost in wonder at all you do. I think that's my favorite line. And I, I really think that wonder is probably one of the most underrated spiritual activities that we can take part in. I think wonder is so important, and we really don't ever talk about it when we talk about characteristics of faithful people. Wonder falls way down the list, but wonder, I think, is one of the things that fuels faith, and life and our relationship with God. The psalmists talk about awe and wonder all the time. There's this act of being completely blown away by who God is, in awe of him, and living with a real and insatiable curiosity about what's next. What is God going to reveal to me about himself next? I remember uh, one of the first times we took my daughter, Kaya, to the beach, and I got to see wonder firsthand. We were down in the La Jolla area with my mom and my sister and her husband, and uh, little Kaya, she could barely walk. She wasn't even quite two yet, but uh, she would just kind of dawdle along the shoreline. And right, every so often, uh, she, would, she would just find something that she thought was amazing. Like She would pick up a shell and kind of show it to us like, look at this, mom and dad, like, what is this thing? And, and she'd kind of turn it over in her hands and look at it and then kind of toss it aside and then kind of keep walking and pick up another shell, like, mom and dad, look, what is this? Like, 
And then she'd look at it and toss it aside. She'd sit down and put her hands in the wet sand. It's kind of this mixture of like fascination and uh, being a little bit grossed out. But, but she just would kind of sit there and play with the sand in her hands. She would stand and watch the waves crash in front of her for minutes at a time, just, just spellbound by it. And I think this is a, a picture of real childlike wonder. And, and for most of us, I think this kind of wonder doesn't really last long. How did you feel the last time you saw a shell? You're like, I've seen one of those before. It's just a shell. We put our hands in the sand. And it's like, oh, man, I'm all sandy now. I've got to go wash my hands. At least that's how I am. But right, this is life. We grow up and we become cynical. We learn enough to feel like we know a lot and to feel like uh, we have everything figured out. We feel less and less amazed by things, and we are less curious about the wonder of life and people and the world around us. But worship, as we approach God and know him and acknowledge who he is, because of who he is, because of this unfathomable quality To him, this is the one place where we are still called to be like children. To come to God with awe, with excitement, with uncertainty, and with this curiosity. With a desire to keep walking down that beach to find the next thing. And that's something really beautiful about life with God. That as we look, we'll find it. And this really is kind of the hope for this series, that this would be an experience of worship and wonder. That you would approach God this summer with a sense of awe and curiosity. And that, of course, begins here each week as we sing a new song and as we learn new lyrics. I mean, every new phrase that we learn in a new song is an opportunity to be like, oh, wow, I never thought about God that way before. Every new melody we hear is a way for God to just kind of speak his beauty and life into us. But of course, we hope this wouldn't just be a Sunday experience. Again, we hope that you would pursue wonder just wherever you go, whatever you're doing for the next several months. Because God reveals himself to us, obviously not just through songs and not just through scripture, but through the world around us, through nature through times of prayer and meditation, when we're in community with friends and family. These are all moments, again, when we have the opportunity to meet with God and explore him. You know, one of my favorite parts of any family vacation, this is going to sound weird, but it's the drive. Uh, We rarely fly, and so most of our trips involve like 6 or 12 or 15-hour drives, and I really look forward to them. It sounds crazy, but I love driving, and I especially love the family time that happens on a drive as we talk, as we laugh, as we eat snacks together, as we play games. And on almost every trip, at some point, we'll put on some music. A lot of the time, it might be worship music, but sometimes it's other kinds of music. It's whatever we feel like listening to. But I think there's always kind of a spirit of of worshipfulness that I feel in these moments. And I can actually remember and pinpoint these, these moments. I can remember where I was, what it looked like, what it felt like. Right? We're driving through some remote part of 
Utah or Colorado, and there's mountains and trees, and, and it's beautiful, and I'm just kind of struck by the beauty, and then I'm listening to the songs, and, and it makes me feel this, you know, this combined with the music, it just makes me feel the sense of God's glory and majesty, and then I look behind me, and the kids are singing, and Alyssa's singing, and I'm so grateful for my family, and it's like the nature and the singing and the, the music and my family, and it all comes together into this amazing moment, and it I don't know, it probably sounds kind of cheesy, but I do think moments like this are important because what it's doing is it's creating a brand new experience of God. And it's one that we could never replicate, right? It's just in that moment as I'm right there in that spacing, in that song, at that time, that God wants to reveal something to me. And I think these are the kind of moments that we we grab onto and we hold onto and we remember because they create a deeper sense of love for God, a deeper experience of just how good he is. And whatever you're doing, these are the kind of moments we hope you find this summer. Now, obviously, we know that you could find these moments with or without this playlist. It's not a magic playlist. We know that. Uh, But music does help. The Bible is clear. We were meant to, we were created to connect with God through worship, through song, through melody, through art. And so even though there is nothing magical about music, there is something spiritual about it. Something happens to our souls when we press play. And so the hope is that you listen to this playlist wherever you are. And so these moments, these opportunities arise for you to meet with God in new ways. So listen to these songs as you drive, listen to these songs as you sit on the beach, as you have your coffee in the morning before the chaos of the day begins, as you wash dishes, as you're cooking dinner, as you're putting the kids to bed. But pursue, wonder, and be curious and hopeful about what God will reveal. So this morning, uh, as we get started on the, the, the series, uh, I really only want you to do one thing. I mean, you could do other things too, but do this one thing, is put this playlist on your phone. Super simple, one thing you could do. You could do it right now. You have my permission. You could take out your phone, or you can, you know, stop pretending that you weren't already on your phones. But you could take out your phone, and and there's a couple different options for how to do this. One is uh, you can go to the website, and there's a link there under the looking for info section. If you go to the app, there's um, there's a link there as well. And you have the option of doing a Spotify playlist or an Apple Music playlist. If you use something else, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) We we also have a QR code that you can scan today. Uh, I don't know, maybe from your seats if you're close enough. I could do it from right here. So if you're sitting in the back, that's too bad for you. Should have sat closer. But we also have QR codes in the back. We have flyers. Uh, If you don't know what a QR code is or how to use it, Just go to the website. (laughs) Don't worry about the QR code. But this playlist has about 15 songs. Uh, We are probably going to add some more throughout the summer just to keep you on your toes. Um, But again, we're only going to preach through six of them. So some of them we won't do. Some of them we will. I kind of hope, you know, you have your favorites and and you come and you're hoping for us to preach on one of your favorite songs and you get mad at us when we don't. But um, I'm excited and I do hope that this series is really fun but that it's also fruitful. And I do hope that this playlist and ultimately this psalm would really define your experience this summer. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. 
His greatness no one can fathom. Let's pursue that greatness together this summer. Would you pray with me?